Welcome to Impact Church's podcast with Pastor Travis Hearn. Pastor Travis also serves as the team pastor for the NBA's Phoenix Suns and has served Major League Baseball as the team chaplain for over a decade. Today, he leads us with a powerful and hope-filled message. We're so glad you're tuning in, and we believe that wherever you're listening from, that God will impact your life through today's message. Thank you for joining us today. If you said that prayer and accepted Jesus into your heart, it's the best decision you could ever make. We want to connect and celebrate with you. Visit impactchurch.com for more information about our church and how you can get plugged in here with us. Be sure to subscribe and share today's message with your friends. Thanks for tuning in, and we can't wait to hear how God has made an impact in your life. Last week, I started a sermon series that a lot of you had no idea that I started, but it is called Jesus Over Giants. Jesus Over Giants. And I want to continue in that series today. If you take out your outlines, turn on your Bibles, I'm going to be reading from the book of Acts chapter 27. And I'm going to read kind of a lot as we begin because this is the foundation Uh, book of Acts chapter 27 and I've kind of pieced the verses together so that we get the idea of this because it's a lot longer than this is let's look at this it says in verse 1 when the time came we set sail for Italy Paul and several other prisoners were placed in custody of Roman officer named Julius a captain of the Imperial Regiment verse 8 the next day Gale force winds continued to batter the ship and the crew began throwing the cargo overboard. The following day, they even took some of the ship's gear and they threw it overboard. The terrible storm raged for many days, blotting out the sun and the stars until at last, all hope was gone. Verse 21, it says nobody had eaten for a long time and finally, Paul called the crew together Remember, Paul's a prisoner. Paul calls the crew together and he says, men, you should have listened to me in the first place and not left for Crete. You would have avoided this damage and loss. Verse 22, but take courage. None of you will lose your lives, even though the ship will go down. For last night, an angel of God to whom I belong and whom I serve stood beside me. And he said, don't be afraid. Paul, for you will surely stand trial before Caesar. Are you guys with me? If you're with me, say yes. Okay, what's more, God in his goodness has granted safety to everyone sailing with you. So take courage, for I believe God, it will be just as he said. Now, this is what I preached last week, because I preached on faith over fear. I preached on the idea of faith over fear. Take courage. Don't be afraid. God is with you. Jesus over giants. He says, don't be afraid. Take courage. Then in verse 26, he says, look at this. But we will be shipwrecked on an island. And when morning dawned, they didn't recognize the coastline. But they saw a bay with the beach and they wondered if they could get to shore by running the ship aground. Verse 40, so they cut off the anchors and they left them in the sea and they lowered the rudders. They raised the foresail and they headed toward the shore. But they hit a shoal and they ran the ship aground too soon. And the bow of the ship stuck fast while the stern was repeatedly smashed by the force of the waves and began to break apart. The commanding officer ordered all who could swim to jump overboard first and make for land. Verse 44, and the final one I'm going to read, the others held onto planks or debris from the broken ship so everyone escaped safely 
to shore. So today is part two, Jesus over giants, and I've titled my message, He Saves Me from the Storm. Would you say that to somebody next to you? He saves me from the storm. Come on, say it. He saves me. If you believe that God saves you from the storm, I want you to put your hands together right now. God saves me from the storm. He saves me from the storm. He saves me from the storm. Say it with me. He saves me from the storm. Look at verse 26 again with me for a moment. This is what it says. Verse 26, just this first part. He says, but we will be shipwrecked, but we will be shipwrecked. I don't know about you, but this is interesting to me. I think this is about as real talk as it gets, but we will be shipwrecked. In other words, it's not if we're going to be shipwrecked. It's not if the storm comes, it's when the storm comes. It's not if this ship is going to crash. It's when this ship is going to crash. It's not a matter of if we get wrecked. It is a matter of when we get wrecked. And this is real talk because some of you today, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You've been through some wrecks. How many been through some wrecks in your life? And some of you are in a wreck right now. Maybe today your life is absolutely, completely wrecked. This is real talk. Hey, this ship is going to crash. That is life. It is full of highs and lows and plateaus. Life is about hardships. It's about weathering some storms. The ship is going to wreck along the way. Sometimes we wreck our own ships. Sometimes other people wreck the ship for us. But storms and shipwrecks are a part of life. I wish I could tell you that as a Christian, as a man of God, as a woman of God, that you'll never go through a storm. I wish I could tell you that you'll never crash your life, but it's just not true. Even Jesus said in Matthew 5 that it rains on the just and it rains on the unjust. Listen, Jesus was crucified. What makes you think that you won't face some storms in your own life? But I will tell you this, the ship might wreck and that storm might be the fiercest thing that you've ever been through but I want you to know that Jesus is with you in that storm and Jesus is going to save you from that storm because he is our savior and so I want to give you five things today to think about in your outline when you're in the storm number one we looked at this last week but I wanted to build on it again this week number one when you are in the storm, is to focus on God's voice. Focus on God's voice. Focus on God's voice. When your life is getting blown around and tossed around and you feel like your life is sinking and like the world is going dark on you, listen, there will be a light in the darkness. There will be a voice the voice of God trying to speak to you. There's always a lighthouse in the storm. God is speaking to you. It is critical that you learn to hear the voice of God in your life. 
It is critical, especially in the storms of life, that you recognize the voice of God. Jesus said that my sheep, they know my voice. My sheep know my voice. They learn how to hear my voice. They recognize when God is talking. I said this last week that I believe that God speaks to us more than we listen to him. I believe that he speaks to us more than we hear him speaking to us. God is always talking to you. Now, there's a lot of new believers in this church. You're brand new to your faith, a lot of you. And I just want to say congratulations and welcome to the family of God. And that we are proud of you and your new life with Christ. But a lot of times, new believers will be like, man, PT, I don't know how to hear the voice of God. God's never spoken to me. At least I don't think he's ever spoken to me. How do I know if God is speaking to me? How do I hear God's voice? I've never heard God's voice. I actually believe the opposite. He is always speaking to you. You just not, might not be dialed in and tuned in to the right station. But he's always talking. Let me give you some examples. He speaks to us through impressions. Right? You have a feeling. You have this feeling. And that feeling is overwhelming through our conscious. He speaks to us through circumstances. Yes, God is in the circumstances. He speaks to us through sermons. He speaks to us through devotionals, through signs and wonders and dreams and visions and pain. God speaks to us through pain. There's a verse in, in Proverbs where Solomon says sometimes it takes a painful situation to make us change our ways. Anybody feel that with me? Sometimes it takes pain to make you do something that you maybe would not have done otherwise. God speaks through people. He speaks through pastors. He speaks through the power of his Holy Spirit who dwells within us. God also speaks, listen, God, the number one way, the number one way that God speaks to you is through what? The word of God. The Bible. Some people are like, oh, I just want to hear from God. But you ain't read the word in like three months. I don't know what God wants. Pick up the Bible. God will show you. He speaks through. That's what the Bible is. It is God's holy written word. It is the word. We call it the word because it's God's word. It's God's voice for your life. He speaks through the word. Listen, even if he gives you an impression and you're like, oh, I feel this. I feel this in my I don't know. I'm just feeling it. I just feel like this is God. You better go back to the word and make sure that it is in alignment with the word because he's not going to tell you something that doesn't align with God's word. God's not going to tell you to go smoke your neighbor's dog because it won't stop barking no matter what. He's not going to be like, man, I got this idea, this vision. I'm going to open a strip club for Jesus and... I'm going to have Pastor Trav come in and just minister to the lustful people in there and to the stripper. God is not going to tell you to open a strip club. You're going to make sure that what you feel aligns with God's word. Now, God is always trying to speak to you in the Bible 
He spoke through all kinds of things. He spoke through angels. He spoke through fire. He led the children of Israel fire by day, cloud by night. That was his way to guide them. He spoke to Job through a whirlwind. He spoke to King Belshazzar through the writing on the wall. He spoke to Moses through a burning bush. He spoke to Elijah in a still, small voice. He spoke to Balaam through a donkey. What I'm trying to say is that God is trying every way possible to get his word inside of your head. Because he's trying to guide you and comfort you and protect you and lead you. And in Acts 27, we just read, we just read the story about the shipwreck of the Apostle Paul. In Acts 27, God tried to speak to the captains of the ship through Paul, but they didn't listen. Let's go back to this. In verse 10, 11, and in verse 21, Paul says, men, men. I believe there's trouble ahead if we go on. Shipwreck. Loss of, remember, Paul's not the captain. He's not a part of the crew. He's a prisoner in transport. There's going to be shipwreck and loss of cargo and danger to our lives as well. But the officer in charge of the prisoners listened more to the ship's captain and to the owner than to Paul. Finally, Paul calls the crew together and says, Men, you should have listened to me in the first place and not left Crete. You would have avoided all of this damage and loss. How many of you can feel Paul on this? Like there are some storms and some shipwrecks in your life that you could have avoided if you would have just listened in the first place. If you would have listened to what your mama was trying to tell you in the first place. If you would have listened to what your daddy was trying to tell you in the first, if you would have listened to what God is trying to tell you in the first place, you could have avoided a whole lot of storms in your life and a whole lot of shipwrecks in your life. Let's look at number two. Number two is to remember that I'm God's property. I belong to God. I am God's property. I belong to God. Look at somebody and tell them, you belong to God. Tell them, tell them, make them believe it. You belong to God. I am God's property. See, look at verse 23 in the book of Acts with me for a minute. He says, for last night, an angel of God to whom I belong and whom I serve stood beside me. You're God's property. I love this part because he says, look, I'm here to tell you guys what's going to happen. The ship's going down. We are all going to crash. But I do want you to know that I am a child of the most high God. I have heard from God because I belong to God. Last night, God already told me what's going to happen. He already told me this ship is going to crash because I am his. I am a child of God. Look at first. Corinthians chapter 6 verse 20 he says you were bought with a price you were bought with a price come on say that out loud you were bought with a price Jesus paid for you by being crucified to that old rugged cross you have been paid for there was a price that was paid for your life By the way, can I preach some more truth to you today? Are you ready for this? Can I preach? Because I'm going to do it anyway. But the world doesn't get to define you. 
Only God gets to define you. Only God gets to say who you are. Listen, those giants can shout at you all they want. You're not good enough. You're not smart enough. You're ugly. You're fat. You're worthless. You're a failure. But the voice of God, God's word, Jesus says, you are mine. I made you. You're valuable. You're my masterpiece. I died for you. You are priceless. It is Jesus over giants. Say it out loud. Jesus over giants. Have you learned this about life yet that life is really not about who you are, that it's about whose you are? You ever heard that saying? Life is not about who you are. It's about whose you are. Your life is not about what you do. Your life is not about what you do. It's about what Jesus did for you. Your life is not about, listen, it's not about title or position. It's not about who you think you are, who you hope to be. Real purpose and real understanding in life is about what Jesus did for me on the cross at Calvary. When he died a sinner's death, even though he was sinless, he is our savior. See, listen, you are God's property and you might be in the middle of the storm of your life right now, but I want you to really hear this. You are still God's property. You are still his possession. You still belong to him. You know, sometimes you just need to rebuke the devil and shout back at the wicked one and say, devil, in the name of Jesus, I bind you away from my life. I'm God's property. I'm sorry. No trespassing here. You need to go in Jesus name. You are a child of God. It's funny because when you're with God, you get the blessings of God. You get the favor of God. That sounded like a COVID cough. You might want to get that checked. Just saying, you have the favor of God. You have the blessing of God. I'm the chaplain for the sons. You guys all know that. I can take my son or my daughter with me to the game downstairs and into uh, the chapel room. They get, they get access because daddy has access. I can't take y'all. If you hit me in my DMs, hey, PT, what do you think, man? I- I'm dying of stage 82 cancer, and I would love to meet. I can't take you. I'm sorry my hands are tied. Don't ask me to get something for you. I can't get autographs. I can't get pictures. I can't get stuff for your fundraiser. That's not my role. But I can take my children. They're my children. They're my children. They get blessings that I get. They have access that I have. They have favor that I have. Did you know that favor overflows? Favor overflows. I love not only the idea that favor can overflow from me, but your favor can overflow onto me. So I just want to be around people that have God's favor on their life because I know if they have God's favor on their life, I'm going to have God's favor on my life because favor overflows. And so you are God's possession. No storm, no shipwreck can take you away from Jesus or take Jesus away from you. You know the verse that I say a lot of times, I say that you are more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. You are more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. I want to read you 
the fullness of that text for a minute. It's in Romans chapter 8, verse 37 and 38. It says this, verse 35, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death or life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor the powers, any powers, neither height or depth or anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing can separate us. Number three. When I do five-point sermons, I got to move. Number three is to make sure that you are sailing with God's people. If your life and your friends and your homies were a boat, God bless you. This is my man right here. This brother used to be in a wheelchair. I'm not kidding. He could not stand up, and God healed that man. Now he serves. He's whipping around in golf carts. It's like, up yours, devil. I'm walking again. I don't know if the devil has an up yours, but I like the saying for the devil for sure. Like, who's in your boat? I can tell you who's in my boat. Like, who's in your boat? Because let me tell you something, when you're going through a storm, you want to make sure the right people are in that boat with you. When you're going through the storm and the the shipwreck of your life, you better make sure there are some Holy Ghost filled, freak, Jesus freak type people in your boat. Listen, listen, this is truth right here. It is, it is, it is, it is imperative, it is imperative that you have the right people in your boat. See, verse 20, if you go back to the text we read, verse 20, it says, all Hope was gone. Listen, this is crazy. I don't know if y'all ready for point three. I might end on point three today. All hope was gone. All hope was gone. This storm was so bad. It was so dark. It was so fierce that all hope was gone. Listen, the last thing that you want in the middle of a storm is godless, faithless people around you. Listen, who do you know in your life right now that you would say, that is a powerhouse for Jesus Christ? Remember, it's who you belong to, and you are God's property. You are God's property, and you can sail, and you can even shipwreck, through any storm, as long as you got God on your side and some people of God around you. I'm not talking about people that have a cross tattoo. I'm not talking about people that wear a cross chain. I'm talking about people that are on fire for Jesus Christ and they know how to pray and they know how to bring down heaven and they know how to bombard heaven and they know how to storm the gates of hell and they know how to read the word of God and they'll pray for you and they'll fast for you and they'll stand in the gap and intercede on your behalf. Do you know anybody like that in your life? Because that is how you navigate 
through a storm. That is how you survive a shipwreck. This is crazy because on this boat, there were 276 people on this boat. And listen to this. I don't know if you're ready for this. Everybody on that boat was going to live because of one man's favor and faith in God. One man's relationship with God. Look what he says in verse 24. Paul says, don't be afraid. You will surely stand trial before Caesar. And then he says, what's more, God in his goodness, this is the part, has granted safety to everyone sailing with you. So take courage, for I believe God. It will be just as he said. One man, all hope was gone. 275 other people have no hope. One guy, a prisoner. One guy in his faith in Jesus, in his belief in the power of God. One guy one relationship with God saved 275 other people listen the people around you in your life right now they can either sink you or they can save you it's one or the other your friends will make you or they will break you it might listen I'm gonna take this just one step forward and further it might be a family member now, if you're married, you're stuck to that sinking ship. I'm just saying you can't. It's, it's, but, but, but like if you've got like a bro or a sis or like an aunt or an uncle or you got a, somebody in your life and they are on the sinking ship, I would kick them right off my boat. I'm sorry, but there are some men and women of God in my life that are more family than some of my own blood family. And it has to be that way. I'm not making the choice. They make the choice for me. Who's in your boat? Because whoever it is can either sink you or they can save you. What kind of friends are in your boat? They can fill your head with fear or they can fill your head with faith. What kind of friends are in your boat? Everybody on that boat had the same mentality. All hope was gone except for Paul. Listen up, y'all. We're going to shipwreck, but we're going to survive this shipwreck. You know why I know that? Because I had a visitation from God last night, and God is with me. And because God is with me, he's got my back. And because God has got my back, God has got y'all's back. We are going down. It's going down for real. This ship is going down. But we are going to survive. We're going to make it. Don't be afraid. Be encouraged. Be courageous. Be full of faith. We are going to make it. Impact Church, you are going to make it. 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 God is going to see you through. You are going to make it. Listen to the voice of God. Paul is not even a captain on the ship. He's a prisoner. And now everybody's like, listen to this, brother. We better listen to this prisoner, dude, because he seems to be the only one with some hope. We better listen. Okay, we're going to make it. Listen, leadership has zero to do with the title. Paul was the leader of that ship. 
Paul was the leader of that ship. Paul was the leader. Leadership has nothing to do with title. It's interesting because the world, the world, they might follow the crowd for a while. The world might follow their godless friends and their godless leaders for a while. But let me tell you something, Impact, when their ship starts sinking, when their ship starts sinking, when that boat starts breaking apart, when their world starts to turn black, they are going to start looking for some Jesus freaks in their life. They are going to start looking around. And my prayer is that you're the Paul in their life. You are the leader and the Paul in their life. Let's move on. Number four, when you're in the middle of a storm and your ship is sinking, sometimes you got to cut those anchors. Verse 40. Verse 40. So they cut off the anchors and they left them in the sea. Then they just went for it. They lowered the rudders, raised the foresail. Here we go. Headed toward the shore. So they cut the anchors. See, you know what anchors are. Anchors, they keep you locked into the same place. Anchors, they keep you from moving. You're, you're anchored. Anchors, they keep you in the same place. See, the anchors aren't the problem. The question becomes, what are you anchored to? And that can be the problem. What are you anchored to? Some of y'all anchored yourself in this storm. Dear God, get me out. And he's telling you, cut the anchors. God, get me out of the, Cut the anchors and leave them in the sea. Leave them behind forever. And don't look back. Cut them and let them go so that you'll never find them again. What are you anchored to? What's weighing you down? Right? What's... What's, hold, what's holding you back? It could be a variety of things. I'm anchored in my sin. I'm anchored in my addiction. I'm anchored in my negative thinking or around negative people. I'm anchored into gossipers. I'm anchored in my lust. I'm anchored in my greed. I'm anchored into a culture of toxic people, ungodly people. I'm anchored to a bad job. I'm anchored to a bad relationship. I'm anchored to a bad business ship, uh, business partnership. I just made up a word, business ship. We'll go with it. Cut, cut the anchors. Look at somebody and tell them, cut the anchors. Come on, cut the anchors. Cut the anchors. Do you know that your entire life would change if you would cut some anchors out of your life? One of the most spiritual things you can do in your life is to cut the anchors. One of the most spiritual things you can do is change the people that are in your boat. I want to read Hebrews 12, verse 1 and 2, because it goes along with this. It says, let us throw off everything 
let us throw off. Isn't that a great illustration? Throw it off. Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. Y'all know sin easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. It's kind of like pruning a tree, right? When you prune a tree, you cut off the dead branches, but you also cut off some living branches so that that tree will be more fruitful. Some of y'all need to cut some dead branches off, but some of y'all also need to cut some living branches off. The dead ones are easy to spot. It's the living ones that you might have to say, man, I got to cut that anchor off of my life. Let's look at number five. Man, I'm doing good. This is world record preaching right here. And I meant on time. I didn't mean. Because <laughs> I know somebody's going to DM me. You arrogant sucker. It's like, whatever. I am not arrogant. I know who I am in Christ Jesus, and I'm going with it. And that's that. But number five. As the church gets bigger and the influence gets bigger, I've learned that people get crazier. There are some crazies out there. I, I, I love when you guys DM me on Instagram. Part of me is terrified to open that DM. I, I'm serious. It's like, I don't know. Should I open that? Should I not open that? But number five, you're in the storm of your life. Your ship, your, your ship just broke into pieces. Number five is to keep holding on. Sometimes the only thing you can do is hold on. I want to give you one of the greatest secrets I've learned in my own life. There are some blessings in life that will never take place unless that ship wrecks. There are some blessings in your life that God wants to give you that will never come together unless your entire world falls apart. It's a deep and scary and victorious thought. Sometimes God's favor is in the fracture. Sometimes God's favor is in the failure. And there are some blessings in your life that will never come together until your world falls apart. Look at verse 44. It says the others held on to planks and debris from the broken ship. Do you know that God will always provide safety in the storm? Jesus over giants. Who would have thought that the blessings can come through the brokenness? Who would have thought 
that God would bless you through the brokenness. Planks and debris, I'm telling you right now, these brothers never looked at planks and debris the same way after this moment in their life. Blessings in the broken. He's like, those of you that can swim, go. Those of you who can't swim, <laughs> jump and look for something to hang on to. Hey, listen, right now in your life, there are planks and debris all around you. Look for something to hang on to. Look for something to hang on to. Look for something to hang on to. God gives us blessing in the brokenness. Planks, debris. Some of you are looking at all the broken pieces in your life today. I want to tell you this. I hope you'll hear it. I want to tell you this because some of you are looking around at all the blanks, all the debris, all the brokenness in your life. And I want to tell you that the, those broken pieces and those planks and debris, that's God's provision for your life. That is God's provision for your life. See, sometimes we think that, man, I'm in the middle of a shipwreck. I need a lifeboat. Sometimes God's blessing doesn't look like a lifeboat. Sometimes it doesn't look like a helicopter. It certainly didn't 2,000 years ago. Sometimes God's blessing doesn't look like much, but it's everything you need to get you through. I want to read this scripture to you because in Jeremiah 18, verse 1 through 4, Jeremiah was a prophet of God. And it says, the Lord gave another message to Jeremiah. Listen to this. Verse 2, he said, Jeremiah, go down to the potter's shop and I will speak to you there. So I did as he told me, and I found the potter working at his wheel. But the jar he was making didn't turn out as he hoped. So he crushed it into a lump of clay again, and he started over. You know what you are? You are the clay. You are the jar. And sometimes life doesn't turn out like we hoped. Sometimes it feels like all hope is gone. But God's just trying to get you to a place where he can express the incredible depths of his love in your life. And he's going to put you back together. And you're going to be better and more whole and more healthy and more powerful than you ever imagined you could ever be. There's blessings in the brokenness. I don't know if you've been through a divorce. Maybe as, you know, you were an adult and you went through a divorce. Maybe uh, for me, I was a child, went through a divorce. I was five. And... Man, I was broken. I, I didn't understand, you don't understand anything at five. I've learned you don't understand anything at 46 either. I mean, you really don't. But I remember saying to my mom every day for months, why can't daddy still live with us? Why can't daddy still live with us? 
See, my daddy became a visitation. That's brokenness. But you know, my mom eventually remarried, had two girls. I have two sisters and 11 nieces and nephews from those two sisters. Do you know that I would never have had those two sisters in my life or any of those nieces and nephews if we didn't have to go through a shipwreck? See, God is still God on the other side of the shipwreck. You know God is still God on the other side of the shipwreck. Come on, let's put our hands together because God is still God. I want you to stand to your feet. Impact Church family, would you stand to your feet? We're going to close in prayer today. Father, we just thank you for this great word. We thank you for the truth that it is always Jesus over giants, that no matter what giant we're facing, God, we serve a God who will put that giant under your foot and crush that thing for us. That you are a God who saves us from the storm. You save us from the storm. In the book of John chapter 3, there's this religious leader that comes up to Jesus and he says, he comes up to Jesus in the middle of the night because he didn't want to be spotted with Jesus. And he says, Jesus, what must I do to be saved? What must I do to be saved? And Jesus said, unless you're born again, unless you're born again, you cannot be saved. Nicodemus says, what do you mean born again? Jesus, I've already been born. Yeah, you've been born as a physical baby in a physical birth, but I'm talking about a spiritual birth. And then Jesus goes on to say in John 3, 16, in the same chapter to the same person, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only begotten son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Some of you today, this story is for you. What must I do to be saved? Listen, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. And, and if, if you believe in him, belief is tied to faith. I don't understand it all. I don't get all of it. But I'm going to take this step of faith. And I'm going to surrender my life to Jesus Christ. And I'm going to become a Jesus follower. And live for him. The Bible says in Romans 10, 9, if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, then you will be saved. See, he saves us from our storms. He saves us from our sins. He saves us from separation from God in eternity. If you're here today with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, and you know that God is speaking to you right now. You say, PT, you're speaking. God is speaking to me right now. I need to surrender my life to Jesus Christ. 
Heads bowed, eyes closed. I want you to lift your hand right now. If that's you, lift up your hand high so I can see it. I want to surrender my life to Jesus Christ. It's, it, it's so many hands, I can't count. Probably more than 100. Probably more than 100. Come on, let's give them some love. I, I, want, us, I, want, us all, I want us all to pray this together out loud. I want, I want you to repeat this prayer. I'll lead you in prayer. Repeat these words after me. Dear Jesus, I surrender my life to you. And I want to live for you. Thank you for dying for me and paying the price for my sins. Thank you for forgiving me of my sins. Giving me a brand new start. I thank you that you are the potter and I am the clay. Make me into who you want me to be. God, we thank you for salvation. We thank you for comfort. We thank you for courage. We thank you for hope. God, today we know that all hope is found. All hope is found in our relationship with Jesus Christ. We love you, God. We pray this in Jesus' name. All God's people say, amen. Amen. Come on, let's give it up for Jesus today. Thank you for joining us today. If you said that prayer and accepted Jesus into your heart, it's the best decision you could ever make. We want to connect and celebrate with you. Visit impactchurch.com for more information about our church and how you can get plugged in here with us. Be sure to subscribe and share today's message with your friends. Thanks for tuning in and we can't wait to hear how God has made an impact in your life.